Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 174. As always, I'm your host, James Shotwell, and it is great to be with you again. My guest this episode is none other than Tommy Vext, the vocalist and frontman for Bad Wolves, a band on 11.7 Music who many of you may know for their cover of the song Zombie from the Cranberries, which was one of the only American rock songs to go platinum in the year 2018. But let me tell you, there's a whole lot more to love about this group. Bad Wolves' debut album, Disobey, is chock full of these songs that seamlessly blend elements of mainstream rock and metal to create music that is both infectious and important. And when I say important, I mean they're addressing topics that a lot of people don't talk about in music today. They're talking about mental health, they're talking about suicide, they're talking about sobriety and struggles with it. Bad Wolves are out there to make the world a better place, and they do this in everything that is a part of their band. Tommy himself is a person who trains people in sober living, he does training for physical fitness, and he just takes care of himself and he encourages others to do the same. In fact, when I saw the group this week, along with my conversation with Tommy, he made it a point to tell the audience that they need to take care of each other. He stopped the show about four songs in and asked people to hug the people they came with, and then asked anyone that came alone to raise their hands. And when people raise their hands, he told everyone to look at those hands and then give those people love, to hug them, to make them feel good, to make them feel welcome. Because some days, all you need in this world is a reminder that you are appreciated for being you, for being here on the planet at this moment, doing your best. And I think it's really great that a band like this is going out of their way to do this because Bad Wolves are at a very interesting level in the world of rock and roll. Zombie was a massive hit, selling millions of copies all over the world, and every song the band has released since then has gone number one at radio and also sold hundreds of thousands of copies. This band is blowing up in a way very few rock bands have in recent years, and yet they make time every single show to make everyone in the audience feel just as important as the people in the audience make them feel, and that's that's really beautiful. So Tommy and I sat down at 20 Monroe Live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the group is supporting Papa Roach and Asking Alexandria to talk about a whole bunch of things. We start with the tour itself and some of his experiences, but then we move into his work in sober living, his history and music, and what fans can expect from the future of Bad Wolves. Earlier this month, the group released their new song, I'll Be There, the first off their upcoming album, and it has been taking off at radio like no other song in their history. And from there, we move into the album itself. It's called Bad Wolves. Wolves Nation, and it arrives October 25th, once again through 11.7 Music, and then we talk about all the tours that will follow. Bad Wolves is going out with Five Finger Death Punch again this fall, and they will also be doing an acoustic tour in Australia near the end of the year. After we talk about all that, we also get into the state of music itself and why Tommy feels it's so important to have a message in their music. We talk about the disposable lyricism and the disposable songwriting that is tearing apart so many areas of music today and why Bad Wolves are making it a point to not only write better songs, but to purposely seek out other artists who are also writing important songs and try to get them attention. You know, the hard truth is that A&R in the music industry isn't like it used to be. There just isn't as much money to invest in artists that people aren't sure are going to connect with audiences. But Tommy is making it a point to try to find those bands and help them get into the spotlight the way that labels used to years ago. And I, I just think it's great. Before we get there, I do need to tell you a few quick things. First and foremost, this episode of Inside Music and every episode of Inside Music is brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution platform. What that means is that record labels, publicists, and independent artists from all over the world turn to Holix for their promotional needs. You can join the likes of Chance the Rapper, Bad Wolves, A Perfect Circle, 
Tool, Blink-182, Slipknot, and thousands more by joining Holix for free today. Yes, if you visit holix.com, that's H-A-U-L-I-X.com, and sign up today, you will get one month of service for free. If you hate it, cancel before that month is up and you will not be charged. But if you like it, and I think you will, then you found a new place to promote your music. And that's what really matters today because promotion is never meant more than it does right now. So once again, go to holix.com, H-A-U-L-I-X.com. I also want to encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. I know I've been saying this for weeks, but we are creating a ton of great content and we really want you to be a part of the journey that we're on over there. We're creating educational videos on how to navigate the music industry. We're sharing episodes of the podcast. In fact, every episode of Inside Music is available right there, including the one you're listening to right now. And then we also have this thing called Music Biz News where we break down the weekly headlines and why they're important so that you are always prepared to talk about music no matter where you go. Finally, Inside Music is now on Spotify. Maybe you're listening there right now, but if you're not, please head over to Spotify and follow us. It helps us to get more insights into who our listeners are, what guests they like, and then that way we can tailor the show to meet your interests. So please head over to Spotify, search Inside Music, and join us today. Now that's all that I have, so please, if you haven't already, check out Bad Wolves' debut album, Disobey. Get ready for Bad Wolves Nation this fall, and whatever you do, find a way to see this band live. Bad Wolves put on one of the best live shows I have ever seen in my 31 years on this planet, and I think you will agree, so check them out. But for right now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with the one and only Tommy Vexed. Hey man, well, did you guys get in last night? Uh, no, we got in this morning. We stayed in Cleveland, Ohio, so that uh, some of the guys' girlfriends came out. Our tour manager and my guitar player and drummer, their girlfriends, uh, came into town, All and right. they wanted to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, so we stayed in Cleveland. We stayed back in Cleveland, and it was fun. Yeah, did you go with them? I did not. I uh, I did nothing. At all. That sounds I, nice, though. Yeah, I stayed in the hotel. I had conference calls with management, um, booking to upcoming tours, and uh, staffing some of the upcoming tours, and that you know all the boring, the non-fun stuff. You the know? non, the things that people don't think of when they think of rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. We did go to a strip club in <laughs> Cleveland the <laughs> night of the show. In. Got a little bit in. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. Actually, it was pretty bad, and. Listen, all women are beautiful, let's be honest, okay? Uh, it, there was just not many, Okay. and okay. Uh, it was just kind of a dead night, and then every time I go to the strip club, which is not often since Zombie has come out, but it has been on several continents, because we get bored, and sometimes you just go to the strip club, and you're like, whatever, and I don't, I don't drink, so a bar is kind of not entertaining to me, because then people get drunk, and then they're like, Argh. so yeah, the strip club. And uh, yeah, they play Zombie every single time we get recognized, and it's a weird thing. It's Do weird. they ever play it before you get recognized for being there? Like, are you just in the room and it comes on, and you have to kind of sit through your own song? One time in Prague, I walked into a strip club, and they were like, they're here, and they just hit it. Like, And that was actually the best time I've ever had in a strip club, because 
I took the crew out and we had a day off and um you know uh USD in in Czech kroner is like I don't know like 500 USD is like a billion dollars <laughs> So I was just like, everybody gets a lap dance. I was like the Oprah Winfrey just of lap dances cash. that night. Yeah, and like everybody was like, all the girls were like, oh my God, you just like paid my kids tuition. And I was like, it's just, uh, that's 50 bucks, lady. Okay, sick. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. These are the things, these are the rock and roll things that happen on tour that are actually fun. Well, how's this tour been treating you? I know I've been watching a lot of interviews with you recently. So your last big round of press was at Sonic Temple where it seemed like you did like a whole bunch of like five to eight minute conversations with people on everything. Yeah, I broke a chair too. The, like I was the first person of the day to sit on a chair and break it. Amazing. I am uh, a large man. We're in some pretty sturdy folding chairs right now, however. Um, but yeah, uh, the tour has been great. I've been friends with the guys in Papa Roach for the better part of a decade, and um, and I've been friends with Danny uh, and the Asking guys for probably about five years. I'm, I've just gotten to know like the rest of the band more recently, uh, and yeah, it's just great, man. Like super pro dudes, like just the crew's been amazing. Our crew gets along with everybody's crew. There's like you know there are guys in, in their crew that I grew up with in the scene and on the East Coast and in LA and. It's just like a big family tour. And, um, you know, the vibes are really, really positive, man. It's just, you know, we couldn't have asked to be on a better summer tour. And, like, we kind of, Danny and Jacoby and I were talking about this in, in January of 2017 or 2018. So the fact that it, like, a year and a half around, it, came, it actually came to fruition wow. is pretty That's cool. That's awesome. I actually saw you got you guys were last in Grand Rapids in November, I think, when you were with Five Finger Death Punch. Oh yeah, and it was and Breaking yep, Benjamin. And Breaking Benjamin, yeah, yeah. I went, I saw you at that show, and it was crazy because I'd never seen you guys before. And I was just like, it's it's always awesome when you see an opening a band that's opening for like a big arena show that can get the whole crowd into what's happening. Because I go to oh, a lot yeah, of arena man. shows where like you feel kind of feel bad for that opener because there's no one there yet, and like the crowd is like. Uh, that's because some openers don't deserve to be playing in front of such that big is audiences. Definitely the case. case. Yeah, I'll say that outright. That's just reality. Like you know, the guys in, in Bad Wolves, we all are like you know life lifelong musicians, yeah. and all of us come from extreme metal backgrounds. We've all been touring for twenty plus years, so you know it's not like you know if you. Uh, you know, and Zoltan manages us, and and uh, and and they've been a huge, a huge uh, incremental step in helping the band. You know, they obviously took us out all last year on tour, and um, you know they saw something in us, and they're like, this band needs to be heard, and you know, and and uh, they put us in front of their fans, and now we share fans, and we have you know some of our old school like diehard fans from previous bands, you know, and. Uh, yeah, it's just cool, man. It's a I good time. I can honestly say I've never met somebody that knows you that has a bad thing to say about you, which is pretty incredible. That's that's cool. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we actually share a connection, a small one. Um, my my girlfriend, my partner, she's actually the box office manager here at the venue. She worked with you oh, at the cool. Key Club when you were did security. Oh wow, yeah, Brittany. I was a security guard. Oh she's really? In, she's in the room right now. After this, we can oh, say no hi real way. quick. She's in there if you want. Oh yeah, I gotta go say hi. That's crazy. That's so. That's so, so one crazy. day I was playing, I was playing your music in our apartment, and she was just like, "Who is this?" And I was like, "It's Bad Wolves." And she was like, "My friend Tommy's in that band." And I was like, "What?" And she's just like, "Yeah, we we yeah that was we worked together in I think 2007 or eight or something like that." Yeah, and um, the key club changed now. That's what I, that's the, what so, I always hear. <laughs> yeah, it turned into a nightclub. So the key for people who don't know, the key club was a, like a rock metal 
club next to the Rainbow Room and the Roxy on the Sunset Strip in, in Hollywood. And um, yeah, it, every Monday night, Steel Panther used to play. They had a different name. the story name. that I always, yeah. Yeah, they used to be called Metal School, and it was always like, and they only did covers. It was before they started writing originals with that lineup, and it was just, I mean, it was like a star-studded thing. It would be like, you know, the Dodgers would come in, or the Lakers, and then Disturbed would show up, and Alice in Chains, and Stained, and Slipknot, and you're just like, what is happening here? Like, all these people, like Vince Vaughn and Keanu Reeves would be hanging out, and you're just like, this is cool. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, and I, I used to do security, stage security for them. Something I love about your story is because you're like this big fan of music when you're young and you see a lot of these, like, what are now considered, like, iconic album tours when they first happen. And then you work yeah. in music but not on stage and you work your way up to being this front person in a band that's, like, now you're playing the same clubs that you used to work at and all these other things like that. It has to be surreal for you to do that full circle. Yeah, I mean, I think that well, the being being a band that's in arenas is kind of like insane because I've been doing the club tour for since I don't know. I've been touring since like two thousand and two in clubs. You know, I had a hardcore band. I've been in bands since I was fourteen years old, and I had a fake ID, and I got an indie deal when I was eighteen, and I was like, you know, traveling around touring with like bands like Candyrian, Burnt by the Sun. Then I got signed to Roadrunner Records, and I was in a band with uh, Dino from Fear Factory, Tim, yeah, Tim, Tim from Morbid Angel, and Joe from Nile, and then me. So it was like a death metal band that had melodic singing sometimes, and then we, you know, we toured all over the world with bands like Killswitch and Static X and Shadows Fall and Arch Enemy, and and you know, so like, they, you know, there was that. Then I did Snot. And Snot was a band that I grew up listening to and one of my favorite bands uh, as a kid. And so, you know, their lead singer had passed away about 20-something years ago. And I did their reunion shows and got to play with Mudvayne on one of the last Mudvayne tours. Just, like, stuff like that. And so, you know, it's always been up and down. And, you know, what people don't realize is, like, just because you're in a band doesn't mean things are all good. And so I've always maintained jobs at home, you know, like, either whether I was working security and then... I wound up getting sober, and then I started working in recovery and running uh, sober living facilities and, and helping people in rehabs, and then I started, uh, then I became a counselor, and then a, a sober companion, and then I was traveling around doing that for yeah, a while. Yeah, this is actually, I mean, I, I want to touch on the new song and the new record. Um, I know you talked about that a lot, but the thing that fascinates me most about what you do, and I don't mean this as any offense to the music because I'm a huge fan, but I love this, the things that I that I don't think make the headlines about the work you do with other musicians and sober living and getting sober and getting clean. That's that's a story that I always hear like behind the scenes by people, and I'm always like, why doesn't he talk about that stuff more? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's I've had a lot of celebrity clients and stuff, and we don't break anyone's anonymity. Yeah, it's like a don't kiss, don't, yeah, no kiss and tell. Kind yeah. Of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you have to respect. Like, it's just like you know, I am very open about my recovery i think some people like ivan are very open about their their path to recovery and uh you know this is there's many people in the music industry uh you know that that are open about it but you have to choose to be like hey i'm in the i'm like in this lifestyle uh and so yeah i mean it's just for me i wound up my addiction to my alcoholism took me to a place of like uh, dereliction. I was homeless and uh, I had no job and I was like a mess. I was coming off of uh, I lost uh, my my ex had lost our baby to a relapse to a heroin relapse uh, 
and she almost died and the baby the baby died and and i just like could not reconcile and i wound up just you know using and using drugs and drinking and trying to kill myself with it and um yeah eventually i got i got help and uh one of the guys in snot actually sunny who's one of my best friends he's been sober a long time and he you know he took me in and he like helped me out and you know that the those kind of acts of kindness in my early sobriety really uh i don't know they change you as a person especially when you've been on your own for a long time and you start to see like the power of altruism and that you know for me the quality of my life isn't really about how much money i have or how many records we sell or how big the shows are it's about am i having a positive influence on somebody else's life uh and that like that experience is how it changed my mentality um and so yeah it's just like you know it's i don't know it's just like uh i like to be happy and i'm naturally an anxious depressed kind of like i have those issues i have ptsd um and so if i want to be happy i gotta like and i want to have self-esteem i gotta do esteemable acts and i gotta take uh you know i gotta take some action which is like sometimes i meditate or i go to group therapy meetings i have a therapist i do all that stuff and i try to help somebody it's the touring schedules keeps it keeps us pretty busy so it's hard to find people to help you know what i mean but yeah so i'll even like i i train like some guys on the road and the, at the gym and like whatever as long as i'm doing something nice for somebody and like helping them i feel good i feel like it's um you're almost in a great position to do what you do because of the music because you get the mindset in a way that if you were to try to find like a sober living coach or even a mindful coach outside of music you kind of have to get them into your lifestyle you know you have to tell them like this is what my life is you know yeah, yeah. you kind of yeah, come yeah. into it from the perspective of like i know what it's like yeah, I've worked with some mega stars and gone and like so obviously going on tour with people like that and you know it's like that's a different it's actually like a it's a different level it's like you're like you know it's like private jets and craziness and twenty assistants the real and, surrealness yeah, yeah 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 and like you know living with security guards that are like the size of refrigerators you're just like this is kind of weird bro making you feel you small know? and you're a big guy already yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I was always a house mouse though. I'm like I'm only six one. I'm like six one. I'm about two hundred and sixty pounds. Um, That's a wall to I'm, me. That's like <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm small. Like I, as a as you know, I, I was a bodyguard for a long time, and I was a bouncer for even longer. And I was always like the small dude. Like ask your girl about Bud. Like they used to call Bud my big twin brother because Bud's like a foot. He looks just like me, and he's a foot taller than me. <laughs> he's like crazy. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the song. I'll be there is out now. Um, is there a video coming for it? There is a video coming for it. We shot it in L.A. It's being edited. I actually, that was one of the things I have to like check out and approve. Um, but yeah, we did a live performance video in downtown L.A. And uh, yeah, I'll be there. Is it's pretty cool, man. It's it actually we consider it a metal song, and it wound up charting in the top twenty on the rock charts which I is saw weird. that I saw that yeah and we're like oh okay yeah, I saw a little uh, graphic the PR company made for like how well it did at radio the first week which was super impressive but I was like I also considered it a metal song when I first heard it and I was like I guess this is just this is rock yeah well I mean you know if we have if, if like obviously we have uh, anyone who knows the band knows that we're a metal band and we have rock songs like yeah. because we love both genres of music and we i don't really subscribe to like some sense of like 
narcissistic false elitism of like you only have to be like this or you only have to be like that i feel like all great bands if you're really versatile like bands like system of a down and faith no more and deftones they don't even have a genre you know metallica is like the first band to even do that they like basically created what you know what we consider the platform what metal is and then they had songs like one you know and then the black album really turned everything on its head so you know we're we don't we, we so we don't really like adhere to like whatever genre we just write songs that we love and you know it's cool that radio is like responding to that song when we were like you know people were like oh that's too heavy it's never gonna go to radio or it's not gonna ever you know and then it's like you know music choice it wound up becoming the number one pick on music choice and then we see it like on the charts and we're like oh like maybe people want to hear heavy metal again on the it's coming radio around i think yeah well think about like you know under and over it all by five finger and uh you know, uh, Mudvayne had had a, had a bunch of tough songs. I miss Mudvayne a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just saw me Hell too. Yeah was just here last week, and it was it's great. But I'm still the whole time. I'm like, man, I would kill to see Mudvayne again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Hell Yeah is a great band, um, and and their their tour is killing it. And I've known Chad a long time, having having opened up for Mudvayne, and he always kind of looked out for me when I was young. And uh, yeah, yes. But Mudvayne's like, you know. But the the whole point is like there were you know, Chop Suey is not is a is a you know, Bulls on Parade, you know there's like all these songs that are like they're heavy, and you know it's cool that rock stations play rock, but sometimes you need a, like a punch in the dick or pussy. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like you need a little bit more, a little more. I, I feel like the climate right now also it's this weird like. Everyone got so has been getting so angry in the last couple of years that like it's the perfect time for like something like that to come back around because people are like I need an outlet and then here's heavy music again and they're embracing. I mean, Slipknot yeah, with the number yeah. one album right now. You're just like okay, hundred two thousand yeah. people bought a Slipknot record last week. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's you know that's like the that's the byproduct of curating decades worth of consistency and fans and we you know. We hope to be like one of those bands. We like I was having this conversation with Jacoby the other night, like I was like, I wanna be a legacy band. Like it's not about where we fall of what genre or you know, I, I don't even like that term. Because I listen to so much different music, but it's just about can we consistently deliver good instrumental music with with vocals and a message in the lyrics that make people feel something that they want to come back for. Cause that's what I needed as a kid. I went to like, I didn't go to church. I went to go see Pantera. Cause they were speaking my, they were telling me what I needed to hear. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were, I was going to see bands like Fear Factory and Machine Head or like hardcore bands like Hatebreed and E-Town Concrete and Burn by the Sun and Candiria and Madball or like H2O and Sick of It All or you know, or or any of the other bands, like, you know, then Sepultura broke into two bands, and, you know, like, I was there for all that, and uh, I guess that makes me old, but, you know, I watched the, 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 the rise of new metal and rap metal and the decline, and then I was on the ground floor for the, the rise of the, the new wave of American metal with bands like Lamb of God and Killswitch Engage and Unearth and God Forbid and As I Lay Dying, and it's just like... What's going to be next? That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, are we going to be involved in that? 
Are you a part of you what's know, coming can we? or what's happening? Yeah, I hope so. And then, and it's like we're actively looking for bands to help get signed, too. Because Zoltan's management company, he's taking on new bands. We're going to be going out with them um, this this fall from November to mid-December. And he's managing our friend's band, Fire From The Gods. And uh, yeah, and so, you know, this whole uh, this whole kind of conglomerate that we put together of bands helping other bands get signed because let's be honest like a lot of the a and r doesn't exist anymore and the labels are are scared to take a risk you know it's true though they don't want to take a risk it used to be the old guys would just like get they just like sign everything and then throw it against the wall and see what stuck via like hence the spaghetti incident by guns and roses and uh you know and the reality is is that because of downloading the money isn't there to do that it so you know, I, I really like, I, I try to talk about, I talked about that last night, two nights ago on stage, that the miracle of zombie going, selling, you know, it went platinum in the United States. It's it sold millions of copies worldwide. And, you know, we we obviously gave the proceeds, you know, to Dolores' family. And But the thing is, is that what we did was unprecedented. We were the only band in the United States to go platinum on the charts. We kicked Drake off the charts. We kicked off... Um, you know, Cardi B and like all this pop garbage music. And uh, people need to understand that, you know, yeah, sure, you don't want to spend money on a record because you can get it for free. But like, it's 10 bucks. That's like a beer. That's a beer at a concert. And the reality is, is that when you spend that $10, it's not about like, oh, is the band going to get the money or who's going to get the money? What, what it does is as a community, we need to continue to make a statement that we are here and we're not going anywhere. Because I talked to Billboard, I talked to Rolling Stone, and you know what they asked me? How does it feel to be the, a brand new band to put rock back on the on the charts? And I'm like, rock is not dead. Yeah. We, we I play, I go on tour, tour sold out. Go on arena tours, tour sold out. I go to Europe, festival sold out. Hundreds, thousands, millions of people from here to Europe, Australia, South America, pick it. It's just that, you know, it's almost like a voting thing. Like, you know, we need people, like, at this point, it's not a mo it's not a monetary thing because we're going to be playing shows and people are going to come see us because that's what, what rock and roll is. But the reality is, is that every time you buy a record or you download something, that you're voting for that genre of music to stay alive. Yeah, absolutely. And the industry responds when you do that, so... You know, it's like, I don't think people realize how much power they have, yeah. you know? And so, you know, it's an interesting time. So, Well, with that in mind, when can people look forward to buying the new Bad Wolves record? Uh, we're going to drop Nation, Bad Wolves Nation, on uh, October 25th. Dang, it's so, so close. Yeah, yeah. I think we're playing with Marilyn Manson that day, too, in Dallas. Is there a, is there a Bad Wolves headlining tour in the pipeline? Uh, we're working on it. We're pretty booked up from now until at least summer next year i imagine no till the spring of next year so yeah so i know that we're gonna go i have an, a headlining uh, a co-headlining australian tour that's just acoustic that starts in um when does it start december it literally i fly 
I'm literally taking a 20-hour flight from the last Five Finger show to Brisbane and playing that night. And me and Doc are doing acoustic sets, and Danny Warsnop from Asking Alexandria, we're flip-flopping. So we're going to do like a little pre-Christmas tour, and he's going to be, he's getting engaged, um, his, his wedding is in New Zealand, so we all like, well, you know, it'd be sick, why don't we just go, you know? And then we're going to, everyone's going to like spend Christmas together in, uh, in Australia. Amazing, man. Well, it seems like things are going well for you. Makes me happy. I like... What I love about watching Bad Wolves grow is that I feel like there are so many bands that might have had something like Zombie happen and then not be able to capitalize or convert or whatever industry term you want to use. And it seems like you guys, every three to four weeks, I hear something new about Bad Wolves accomplishing something or putting something out or announcing something. Yeah, I mean, it was it like, look, it's scary, the, the monumental success of Zombie, you know, however you want to slice it. Um, it, it was scary. We, th- we were afraid, what if we're a one-hit wonder? But all every all of our singles went number one, and remember when just went to the top of the Billboard charts and stayed for a couple of weeks at number one, and you know that's a song that's really serious. It's a song about mental health issues and addiction and the family disease of alcoholism and drug addiction, and it was a it's a, you know, so people it's showing that that uh, art that has content and value is striking a chord with people. People are tired of like. You know, I just met you. This is crazy. Call me, maybe. Which is like basically every single song I hear on the radio. You know, um, or just like you know, just I don't know. Rap is. I don't know what happened to rap music. I grew up. I grew up where rap in New York City, where rap was born, and it was poetry. It was like the language of the proletariats, the undercut people, and it was like talking about the struggle and then the conversion from struggle into success and now it's just about i don't know it's just like hookers selling their pussy and drug dealers selling drugs and i don't know what the fuck these people are talking half these rappers don't even talk anymore they just mumble so anyway that's my i'm the old tommy vex on my old rock last chair. last thing hating on everybody i wanted to know if you got a kick out of um i know earlier this summer when static x started that tour they started telling people that you were the masked Wayne Static. Did you get a kick out of that? Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. I didn't hear about that uh, till way after, um, and I didn't. I don't really. I don't know. I didn't, it made I me laugh. I actually interviewed them, and uh, while I was sitting there with them. They brought up. They made that reference, and I was like, "I've seen that guy. He's not Tommy. He's like way too tiny." <laughs> yeah, I also would. I would never, ever, ever do that. Uh, yeah, I would. I you know I toured with the real Static X, and like I think it's good that they're all the bands getting together despite the tragedy. Um, but yeah, I would never fucking do that. No, I just yeah, thought it was like a nice that's little a, that's paying credit to you though to be like he's a good enough vocalist. He could be that guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could sing all those songs. It's not. <laughs> it's strange. It's, it is a little weird. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I'm. I'm good on. I'm good on that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I if somebody needs me and they're in trouble, I show up. I'll handle it. You know what I mean? But, like, I'm not... Yeah, no. That's a big no. It'll be good. Don't worry about it. Fair enough. Well, I think they're going to bring in a fan club here soon, so we should get out of here. But I do appreciate you talking to me for a little bit. I wanted to make this happen in November on the Five Finger Tour, and it didn't come together. So I reached out to um, the company I work for, Holix. Uh, 11.7 does all your album promotion through us. So yeah, I reached yeah. out to Dana and the team there and was like... Yeah, Crystal called me yesterday and was like, hey, can you do this? I was like, yeah. Yeah, sure. I was, yeah I've, been, uh, I've been pushing them since November and I was like, this is the opportunity, guys. 
they were like, we'll see how busy he is tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, I live in Grand Rapids. It's not that exciting. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm glad we made it happen. Thank you so much, man. And we should do this again sometime. I hope so. Okay.